Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another round of Stray the Course, the podcast. This episode's with my friend Trevor Stone. Trevor's a fighter, poet, carpenter, and all-around good dude. If you're interested in learning more about Trevor, you can find out more on the Great Northeast BJJ Podcast Season 2, Episode 3, and Season 3, Episode 1. You can also find his poetry on Facebook at Rambling Soul. Shout out to the Red Wing Superior Podcast Network for putting this show together. It's the home of Stray the Course, Great Northeast BJJ Podcast, and a bunch of other cool projects, so make sure you check those out. This podcast is brought to you by Tortuga Soap. People with the things you need to keep you smelling good and looking good, tortugasoap.com. This episode is also brought to you by We Are Dapper Ties. Quality knit ties at an affordable price. Check out wearedapperties.com and enter the discount code ROLL and you will get free shipping. Thanks everybody for listening. We really appreciate it. Hope everybody's doing all right. Peace. talk about poetry yeah we'll talk about uh whatever else um just get my buddy troy on here you're flatter get him in those flat earth theories was he the breather yeah we'll talk breathing too dude he's hardcore flat earth um how could so what is the justification behind flat earth like does he give you the justification yeah so his big angle is this He's not, because people, I'll say, you know, there's really no experiment that the science science has ever been able to figure out that proves that gravity is real. Right. They can't really prove it. And people will say, well, look, and they drop something. And he'll say, well, there is an up and a down. That's, we know that. But their thing is there's no mystical force that's pulling us into the planet. They also don't believe them. I don't believe we went to the moon personally. Yeah. I think that's all. You ever seen that footage? I mean, it's I, pretty bad. Yeah. If you really look at it, it's right. pretty bad. It looks fake. Yeah. And the moon doesn't, you know, there's a lot of things about it, but that's the big angle is they say that, you know, there's an up and a down, but we're not on some round balls flying through the universe, spinning so fast that you can stick things to it with gravity. Because like, if that was, and it makes sense. If that was true, couldn't science take a particle and spin it so fast that small particles stick to it. And we can do so many things. How could we not replicate that if it was actually what was happening? Um, isn't with science like you can't prove anything to be true? You can only prove it's not true. You know what I'm saying? They isn't say that, that the in some ways. Science? He's also big on like there's a lot of guys in the 1900s that made like videos. And that old, because old school science was like, if you don't have an experiment that you can set up in your backyard to prove it or to show what you're trying to explain, then you got nothing. And all the new science is all theoretical. It's all theory. It's all, well, we think it's this because of these things, but it's not as proven. And there's a lot of other stuff. He's a big conspiracy guy. So there's a lot of conspiracies about like after World War II, we brought German scientists here from the Nazi regime and... You know, a lot of the stuff that, like NASA, the guy who started NASA was a was a Nazi. So here's the thing I will tell you There's right now. There's a lot of that stuff. I am not a conspiracy theorist at all. Yeah. But I heard the story of Lyme disease. And that is exactly what you're talking about. Like, mm-hmm. I heard somebody say, like, 
they, we got some German Nazi scientists came over and they were working in Lyme, Connecticut. And I think you can prove that this guy was in Lyme, Connecticut. Right. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden there's Lyme happened? disease coming out of, you know, Lyme, Connecticut. <laughs> right. And uh, so, dude, I and I actually, like, sort of looked into that. Hmm. Yeah. And it, that, like, makes sense. I didn't, like, do a ton of research. Right, but, but you did enough to be like, okay, this has some validity. I don't doubt it. Right. But the people that, like, there's people that, you know, that don't believe Sandy Hook even happened. You know what I mean? Or 9-11 or things like that. Like, that they didn't well, even happen. Right. Well, 9-11 happened. It happened. But there's there's a lot of evidence that suggests it was a somewhat staged event to to catapult us into a right. security state. No, I don't be- doubt that at I all. I don't doubt that you at all. I, mean? I know 9-11 happened. My uncle died. Right. Seriously. It right. happened. Happened. Sand- Sandy Hook. Right. Happened. But the Vegas shooting? You ever see... Biggest shooting in national history, right? Has what have you heard since it happened? Right. Nothing. Three days they talked about it and it's gone from the media. Right. You watch that foot. That was a staged event. They're trying to, you know, I right. believe they're trying to take our firearms away, and this is how they do it. I heard they put uh, out the propaganda to freak us out so they can eventually take the guns away. I heard something like uh something like, you know, that dude was taking in guns for Three days or something. Oh yeah, and he had like an arsenal in there, and there's not one bit of footage showing any him taking in. And all, there's cameras everywhere, and they got nothing. And, they got, yeah. and I heard, you know, and I'm like, and he yeah, also seriously. was a convicted guy that sh- they didn't catch when he was purchasing guns. Like he had a record supposedly, but that's the thing. The pro- real problem is, is all the media outlets in this country are owned by the groups that are doing all the bad shit. So what we're hearing is very different from what's actually going on, in my opinion. So, uh, I'm a huge conspiracy guy because a lot of <laughs> evidence that points to the fact that our society is being messed up by certain groups. Just I just a week ago at work changed my homepage to bbc.com. Yeah. And you get a whole nother totally thing of... Uh, oh, Al Jazeera, right, way different. Right. I'm getting all kinds of good stuff on bbc.com, man. Yeah. That's where I got the story of this is the Russian... Um, radio station that nobody's manning and they call it the buzzer oh yes I've heard about that Mm -hmm. like it has this strange buzzing and it's like the it changes and the theory is like you know I don't think this one was right but and people kind of disproved it was like people thought it was like a fail safe so that if that thing ever stopped buzzing they would automatically not launch nuclear weapons um, but uh, yeah, yeah. It, but it, every once in a while, somebody comes on in a Russian voice and is like Victor Nikolai, you know, and then they say Russian numbers, like so. It's like this code thing, right? And it's really like I was, you know, I was like blown away by it for a little bit. I had to hear the voice, and I like you. You can YouTube the buzzer, and uh, and you can get, you know, there's people that just listen to it all Constantly. the time, right? Right. Uh, so I got that off BBC. I got the thing, another thing that's interesting is they've done scientific experiments that humans, and this is about the media, right? And the media puts these negative stories out there because humans, we're designed to feed off the negativity. Like that's what we, you know, to survive. Like you had to focus on these negative stressful situations to survive like when shit was eating you you know what i mean a dinosaur right, right. or whatever to train your fight or flight yeah response. so you're always right, like looking right. for this negative you know so we're it, it's ingrained in us to so the media exploits this negative thing 
because that's what we're looking for anyway. And so, well, that is see that is a twist of what's so what I've researched with harmonics, right? So if you, you ever heard of sacred geometry, like the so, uh, like, like so Fibonacci or whatever Fibonacci and the, sequence and, the, and, the, and like the triangle so, or the right the, the golden triangle, right? Yeah, all that stuff. Golden. Right. So you got like so harmonics is like uh, how the math of harmony works out with the math of sacred geometry. It all matches up to like have a perfect harmony how nature is created is sacred geometry it replicates the certain pattern to make everything and all that can fit into numbers math can prove it all right you know and it also works with with frequency and sound because essentially color sound it's all frequency everything we see and touch is just a, a wavelength that we interpret with our senses so like a lot of it is uh they've hidden the knowledge over years that like our DNA is, you know, you got the helix, right? And it's twisting and it's, and it's spinning like a ladder you twist. And the frequency of love is like a quick wavelength. It's 432 hertz. And that's like old school instrument tuning. What's instruments have been tuned with since the dawn of time. And so if you look at fear, the, the, the wavelength of fear is 19 hertz. It's a very slow wavelength. And essentially they've, they've proven even in ancient times that like to increase our DNA... And to increase our evolution, we need to have more love because the more the frequency touches the more parts of our DNA, the more we will evolve. Like currently, there's 64 combinations that our DNA can create based on the numbers of how many points we have and all that. We've only seen 20 in human existence. We're only a third of the way through what we could actually be creating and like throughout time all these leaders and great nations especially like in the in the uh mid, in the dark ages they yeah, they killed everybody with knowledge off only the priests and the rulers had this knowledge because they used it to control the people that's why the media uses fear they try and keep everybody's dna low so we're in a low state where people aren't evolving people aren't getting to a better place and that's why like love is essentially really the key to or positive i mean really it's negative emotion positive emotion or fear love whatever you want to call it well, music, you can tell, you can go watch a movie, and the music yeah, can, like, oh, that's what they do with music, right? Look, I mean, Yeah, like look at the old fear. school movies, how, like, old school movies were scary, but they weren't, like, it wasn't, like, gore and the stuff we have now, but it, it was, like, it was all the music that they used and the way they composed it and put it together to make you feel the emotions they were looking for. So where, where are we getting this information from, Trevor? Me? Yeah. YouTube videos, there's a lot of stuff out there. Like I've been doing a lot of research. My friend Troy, as I said, he does a lot more conspiracy type of research, but a lot of this uh, is coming from that. But it's all ancient knowledge that has been hidden from us. Like why aren't we teaching things like this in the school system? You ever read, uh, so, uh, this, is, this is a good book that I read. You should read this, man. It's pretty good. It's like the, the Tao of Wu. And it's about it's about Wu Tang. It's not like where Wu Tang Clan came from, right? Right. Like the you know the rap hip hop right, right, group, right? And uh, and so man, I, it's been a long time since I read it, but it's really good. And because the dude, I think it's RZA, yeah, I think it's RZA, was super into kung fu movies and stuff, and uh, all this stuff. But like I forget, but it's like the science of numbers. That's what his whole thing was. Right. Like that's what like the like in the 70s or whatever in uh in in you know wherever they grew up long island or staten island or wherever it was yeah, the uh, bronx or whatever all these black dudes like were into numbers right and, like there's some like it's like a religious thing 
Oh yeah. The numbers. And he talks yeah, he, about the numbers the whole time. It's yeah, crazy. You, you look at like Tesla, Tesla you know, and all those guys, like it's all number based. But the numbers prove, especially when you look at the relationship between numbers and harmonics, and it proves a lot of that. This is why we're doing this podcast, Trevor, because these are the things I get into on the jujitsu podcast. And you know, although jujitsu somehow fits into it, we had to expand. Jujitsu is just a tool to do the positive things. Right. You know what I mean? You can do it through anything. You know, like Ron teaches music. That's a way to do the same thing. Because to me, the most important part of society is like, if you love yourself enough, you will treat everybody else with love because you're not going to cloud your actions. Like if I don't, if I'm not, if I don't love myself and I'm not confident, then I'm going to try and cheat other people because I'm not confident in my abilities to get it done without cheating other people. But if I love myself and I'm confident in my ability, then I know that I can do whatever I need to and I can treat everybody fairly because I'm confident I can get it done no matter what. You know what I'm saying? And helping each other, obviously, because we're all, in my opinion, one, we're all the same, right? We're all one being. We're just fragments of one being. Even though we're individual, we're really not. And when you help others, it connects you to each other and to us, the source, what we are. I believe that we actually, as a, as a collective, are God, if that's what, you know, that's what I would call it. God isn't like something floating above us that's more powerful than us that controls us. But that's just, a, you know, my own per personal theory. We're all like energy. We're energy. Yeah, We're same. a pool of energy that's the same. You know, we die, we go back to it. Something's born, they just take some out of it. But essentially, we're just fragments of the same thing. And when we connect you to each other... The dirt, the worms eat you. Yeah. It's all the grass, the trees, the rabbits, the people. Vegetables. It's all the same, man. It's one right. collective, you know. And uh, there's a positive and a negative side to it. You know, I always think, too, because I try and do a lot of good. I'm like, well, me, does me doing good create more <laughs> bad? Because there's supposed to be a balance, right? right. I think there's enough bad that, that... I think there's enough bad that right. more good needs yeah, to be done. You don't I have agree. to worry about that, probably. Especially, like, I feel like now in our society, especially our society... I mean, it's bad. You ever read the book, The Way of the Peaceful Warrior? I don't think so. You should no. read this book. I'll check man. that one out. It's good. Yeah. It's good by this guy, Dan Millman. And so this book, I read it like 20-something years ago. And it actually really did sort of change my life at the time. Um, and I think the, the you know, it, they made it into a movie. But like, it's like The Peaceful Warrior, the book that changes lives. It really did change my life, I think. But there's other ones, too. And like, he's wrote... He's wrote like a prequel and other ones, and um, I've been reading the like the first one, which is really good. And he talks about it's got it's like got what you're talking about spirituality and martial arts and all these things woven together, and uh, which is basically my life. And that's it. And he talked like recent no part one part recently was like it's about the guy wanted like it's so it's like fiction you know but with truth woven into it i would say maybe um but he's tied like the guy the character in the story is looking for like uh um uh, not redemption but revenge Reve and it's justified revenge you know what i mean right. it's justified but his teacher is like trying to get him to understand that like almost exactly what you're saying but like that he needs like we need to be working on healing people and right. not like hurting them like the people that you know you're trying to bring hell to the people you want to give revenge to but they're already in hell really the thing you need to do is heal them somehow but that's very hard to do when somebody very screwed hard. you over yeah you want to screw them over worse right 
Which but just perpetuates the cycle. It just perpetuates the sick cycle that you're in. And instead, we need to heal the people that wronged us. Right. But how hard is that? It's pretty hard. I say that about traffic. Like, <laughs> I started driving to work recently, right? Because I, I moved, you know? Right. And, uh, you're in the rat race now, buddy. Yeah, so I'm like, I hadn't driven to work in years. And I used to work on the lake and drive long distances to work and stuff. But uh, I'm not a road rager. I do get annoyed with people. Yeah. But I don't rage because it's like, it's not, getting mad is never productive, ever. But like, every time I'm driving in traffic and I'm going and you're merging in and out of the highway and you're trying to switch lanes, I always just think, okay, I got to be in harmony right now. I got to be in harmony with the people, even the people that are assholes and are doing the wrong thing. I got to live in harmony with them. Because if you don't, you just it just destroys you. It's like going with the flow. You got to go with right? the flow. If you're you fighting gotta, the flow. You got to learn how to get your objectives done and let even the jerks get theirs done, even if they're doing the wrong thing. You know, you gotta. You can't make people do stuff. Right. You just gotta. You just gotta do the right things and hope that they see the example eventually. Sometimes I, in traffic, I think, uh, all right, I'm not racing these fucking people. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I, it becomes like you're like this guy. It becomes you versus them, or at least for me sometimes. And then I'm like, whoa, you know, like I'm not, I'm not racing this person here. Like I'm just trying to get to go teach something or whatever I'm trying to do. Generally, right. it's the go teach jujitsu class, and it's uh, I'm like, you know, who cares about what this person? And I have to get to the point where I'm like, who cares about what this person is doing? Just do your own thing and get to the damn class without this. You want to right. strangle this person because it's not helping. Yeah, I mean, I'm a firm believer that I, you know, you shouldn't ever do dark actions. Unless somebody physically attacks you. I mean, if somebody's doing the wrong thing in front of me, I will speak up for sure. But until somebody tries to physically harm you or somebody else, you know, whatever they want to do is fine. But if they say, the, say you know, dark things, then I will speak up and be like, hey, that's not right. You know, just like the kids when they do crazy things to each other in class. Like, hey, they're your friend. Don't do that. Like, right. don't drop them on the ground. How'd you like it if they did that to you? You know, that kind of thing. And they just don't see it because especially when you're a child, you're very selfish because you really have no responsibility. Not every kid's like that, but a lot of times you just haven't under you know, haven't understood that part of the world yet. You don't understand a lot of things. You don't understand a lot, right? Right. You don't understand a lot of things. I don't I mean, there, there are things I didn't understand. I mean, just until recently. And who knows, maybe next week I'll be like, ah, that wasn't even true. Now I really understand it. Yeah, right? That's the idea, right? Is always learning, hopefully. It's true. Like, my whole life I refuted religion. And a few months ago I realized, getting into some of this study and all the things I was looking into, sacred geometry mostly was what started it for me. I realized, like, I do believe in a God, you know, a form of it. Not, I don't go to organized religion. I think or the organization of religion is what actually destroys what religion is for. But I feel that I was like, wow, you know, I've been living the way you're supposed to in that way. Like, all religions are the same when you look at the first 10 things. Treat people right. You treat people with love. Help people. But then you get all this weird offshoot stuff and it gets, just gets messed up. Gets all destroyed. the paths lead to the same place on the mountain. It's the same thing, man. Yeah. Right? All the, uh, all the wells with the water come from the same river. It's just people put different things and whatever. But you could probably, I was thinking about this when reading this book the other day too, is you could take, you could take something from all these religions. Absolutely. The good parts. Yeah. And they're all saying the same thing. They're all saying the same thing. They're really not saying, 
go kill the other friggin', you know, Jesus or whoever, I don't think wanted you to go kill the other the other tribe. No. Or, uh, you know what I mean? That dude not. didn't want that. No. Um, but people's agenda. People's agenda. And then the ones that wish to control people, which I feel is wrong, they're the ones that start messing it up because they realize they can use it as a tool to control others and, and get their agenda together. I don't think any... Just like government has done the same in our country. Oh, yeah. You know, they're using it to control the people and to, you know, line their pockets or whatever. Like when you got a, well, either way, like you just, either way, you got a politician or you got a preacher that is rich, super rich and got fat off the people, there's something wrong. Yeah. There is something wrong. I here. say it all the time, you know, uh, I don't believe that we should be, people should be making money on healthcare. Seriously. How do you give talking. somebody, how do you give somebody good care? For their health, if you're worried about making money, because there's no balance in our country when it comes to that. Everybody just goes, just, we'll just gouge as far as we can, and I it's not was, right. Uh, talking to this dude in, this morning, training, whose wife's mother just died, and uh, we're talking about chemotherapy and whatever, mm -hmm. and how chemotherapy really only works for not that much of cancer. Right. It's a very but they small give it to everybody. To everybody. Because that's where they make that's all their money. That's where the money is. Yep. And and he was talking about how much money this whole thing really cost. And, like, it was astronomical how much money these people make off of... Uh, and that, they really... Sh healthcare really should not be, I don't believe. There should, money and business and healthcare, I feel like, should be separate. Right. I feel education is the same way. I mean, look at our education system. I mean, New Hampshire especially. New Hampshire has the highest in-state tuitions right. of any state in the country. It's absolutely crazy. You know? And How it's much like, it costs to go to college. Yeah. And they want us to better ourselves to go to college, which I don't think is always the right thing because right. not everybody's cut out for that. Especially if you're not picking the right thing. They don't coach you on what to pick. They just tell you, go. I'm glad I didn't go. I mean, I took a few courses, but... Realized it wasn't for me, and I didn't accrue any debt. I think you could make the case right now, unfortunately, and it shouldn't be. I don't think college should be free, to be honest with you. I don't think I so think either. you should have to pay, yeah. but I think it should be a reasonable, you know, you shouldn't be screwed coming out of college. Like, you shouldn't, like, right now, I would say, I could feel like you could make the argument that college is not worth it. It costs so much. You know what I, I mean? I agree. Oh, yeah. Unless you're going to, like, if you're like, man, I want to be a lawyer you have to have this degree to be a lawyer. You just have to do it, you know? Right. That's what you want to do. You have to do it. You have to pay the money. But all these other things, um, it is not worth the money. You can get the information for free on the internet. Yeah. So, but I don't think it should be that. I think if you want to, you know, college should be something that's affordable. Right. I don't think the government should pay for us. I don't think no. that's right. I, I'm a firm believer that we should have mandatory military service. Or if you're physically unable to serve in the military, you should do, you know, you should work in a gov they should put you in a government job for a few years and you get college for that. You get a, a cut or a break or you get a few free years, not all of them, but some. And there's a trade-off because it builds a community. Right. That's a big thing this country is lacking. You know, when World War II hit, why did we do so well? Because we had the resources, we had the economics, and we still had a national pride. We have none of that now. Have you read the book Tribe? No. You should read the book Tribe by Sebastian Junger. I'm going to have to make a list. This, I got, yeah, I got oh, all these. Right. So, so this book Tribe is all about what you just said right there. It's about um, that 
there's no com- internet and, and the world that we, the social media and the way the world is now, people, we're not a tribe anymore. We were always a tribe. Like we needed each other to, to survive. And um, now we are separate from everybody else, basically. And it's about like, it's about what the, the big thing that, the big part that stuck out to me of this book um, it's also he did a podcast with Joe Rogan that was good too it was about the book uh, but during the Blitz the London Blitz in World War II when the Nazis bombed London for like right. 85 days straight right, right which is like unfathomable you know you're, or I guess if you're from Syria it's probably not unfathomable but, well right um, I mean but for me it's unfathomable yeah just every single day just getting bombed the city's getting getting you know, brutalized. And Churchill was, like, concerned about the mental health of the people in England at the time. So we had people study it. And during the time of the Blitz, their mental health was never been better because all the people were bonding together to survive this thing. Right. And it's like they were helping each other and they were in this common thing. And so... And you also, in according, you know, in the book, he talks about like you see it after a natural disaster, like if you know a huge earthquake in Chile or whatever, and right. the people all bond together for a little time to like survive, and it like brings the whole community together. Yeah, look at the hurricanes we just had. Hurricanes. Here. You know, you see a lot of. I mean, there's a lot of bad there, but there's a lot of good. He also talks you know, about the good how that come the, out of the woodwork to help. You that know? that the bad might have been sensationalized. In, True too. You know. That it might have been not uh, the the looting might not have been as bad as the media wants you to think the it me- was. Right, the media um, wants you right. Well, they're trying to keep us, like I said before, on that negative wavelength. They really do. They it's been proven that that is a way to control people. I mean, there's there's a lot of scientific studies that are talking about the harmonics. You know, they changed the international tuning for symphonies to 440 hertz instead of 432, which 432 is like I said, it matches with the sacred geometry. It matches with all these things, and you can see diagrams of the brain waves that it's harmo- You know, it's it's symmetrical. The picturing is right, and then you see you see 440, and it's just off. And they're saying this is a lot of where our mental health is is coming from. It, you know, issues with mental health and all these problems. You know, this is something that has only been changed since 1953. The world adopted this thing. And this is a big thing that needs to be reversed. You ever heard of like binaural beats or whatever? Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. I listen to that at night. Sometimes. I'm building. I'm building a platform this summer. I'm calling it a harmonizing platform that's going to incorporate sacred geometry and tuning forks and like a binaural beat type uh, environment that you can meditate on. Uh, I've been designing it for a few months now, and I'm I'm kind of like people. I I've, I've realized designing it that all these people I know in my life have skills that it can help me do this yeah. thing. And we're kind of like banding together to, we're going to create this. So what you're talking about too was like, I think with Mission 22 and We Defy, why um, the veterans that come out of these, and this is what that book Tribe is about, right? The veterans come out of uh, being in the service and they no longer have that community that they're used to having. Right. And that's where a lot of their problems are coming from is there's no more community for them and that's why jiu-jitsu brazilian jiu-jitsu has been helpful to these veterans is because brazilian jiu-jitsu provides this community that people are lacking 
Right. You know, it's one way to get, uh, you know, to be plugged back into a community where people really do yeah. generally care about each other and helping each other get better and et cetera. I feel like that's why so many people are lost out there because they don't have a community. People, you know, I always say, like, you got to have something to live for that's not your kids mm-hmm. or your animals that you care for or your job. It has to be something. You may need people to do it with you, but it's got to be your own. Like, that's always been the martial arts for me. And also, I write my poetry, and I have other. I'm, I have a few other things I'm really into. But you got to have something that gets you up in the morning that doesn't depend on somebody you're attached to. Because, like, relationships end, family members die, kids grow up, pets die. They won't be there for you always. But, like, jujitsu is never going to die. There'll always be people to train with uh-huh. that share a like mind. You know, or whatever you like. You gotta have like a goal. You gotta have something. You gotta have something you're striving to to ma- that you're trying to make yourself better to do better. That's why like, people have a hard time, right? When their kids grow up and move out of the house. Yeah, there's a lot of women that put their whole life into their children, even men. They, right. All they do is work, work, work till they die. And you know, well, I gotta provide for the kids. But I'm a firm believer, y- even an hour a week, you gotta have something for yourself because you're still not teaching your kids to be a functioning adult because when they grow up, they're going to think that you're supposed to just work all day and sacrifice every scrap of your life for your children, but then you don't have anything for yourself and you're not actually a healthy, well-rounded human being at that point. You're just a, a workhorse for whatever. But then, like you said, the kids grow up, then what do you do? You've lost yourself. 20 years has gone by and there's, there's nothing left of your actual spirit. Or if your life is your job and then you retire. And you retire, people, yeah. Then they, there's a lot of people that have nothing other than that. And they're like, oh, shit, man, what do I do now? Yeah. I had a teacher at Dover. Did you have Falcioni when you went yeah. there? Mr. Falcioni. I did. He, he was on semi-retirement the year he died. Because he died of a stroke in 2007. He was so scared of retirement that I'm pretty sure that's why he had a stroke. Because hmm. he was just, it his happens. whole life, he'd worked at that school for 30-something years. And I think he was petrified to fully retire and, like, not know what to do with himself, you know? And uh, that was a hard one. He and I were super close. I had, really? I had at least one of his classes all four years of high school. Okay. Even after I got out of high school, I used to visit him. We were very good friends. I used to hang out with him because my mom worked there. She right. was his boss at the time. She was head of the history department. I remember I'd always see him walk in the school. Yeah, he walked every day. He was right. like clockwork. Yeah, the day he the day he passed, well, the day he had the stroke. He didn't die till the next day, but the day he had the stroke, they knew something was wrong because he wasn't on time. He was never late, right. ever. He was like clockwork. You knew it at you know 7.36. He was walking at this every day. And my mom actually went. They went to his house and they found him. You know, and I think that's why he had it. He was too afraid to, to go to that next transition of his life. Which is sad, you know. People can't. I feel like it's not. That's not healthy. You got to have something for you. You know, even if it's something you do on your own, you got to have something that gets you up in the morning that makes your spirit want to be better, want to try, put that effort out. So many people. How many people you know that are lost? You know, so many. So many. So many. That they. Money doesn't fill that void. No. Work don't fill it. TV ain't going to fill it. No, I don't watch TV. No. I don't even listen to music anymore, really. I'm kind of like, because a lot of the music with the tuning things, it's all the music produced is like not harmonious. So I don't li- You can get players, actually. Like for your phone, you can get a 432 hertz player. It will push your music through to the right tuning so it's like more har- harmonic for your brain. Really? This is, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I have one for my phone. 
And uh, but I don't listen to much music. I'm really lately. I've been trying to get in tune with my own mind. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. Um, you guys made me sick yesterday. So let's talk about yesterday. Now that I'm sneezing. Oh yeah. Um, so yesterday we all three of us here went to our friend Chucky's fight and jumped in the uh, jumped in the ocean. It was I think it was 40 degrees water and seven degrees in the air. It was cold with some wind. Um, so that was pretty amazing, right? Yeah, it was awesome. It's always amazing. I loved it. No matter how taxing that that situation is, I always feel super invigorated. Oh man. Invigorated. It's going in, I was like ready for a fight. You know, I was like, <laughs> Yeah, come on, let's do this. I was like all fired up. And I get in there and I was like, Yeah, afterwards, throwing my hands in the air. That was great. It was a good feeling. Yeah, I always feel it's so good to see like so many people we saw there that I you never would have thought. You look at them on the street, you'd be like, they'd never do that. Mm -hmm. And it took a and lot of cojones oh, fortitude to do that one. That was like, I think that's probably the seventh time I've been. I mean, we've been a lot of years yeah. ago. Yeah. I missed last year. It was the only one I missed. And uh, since I've known Chucky, and I tell you, last, you know, yesterday was the hardest one. That's, I was scared. I told you two days before. Yeah. I, was, I was worried. And I don't get scared of nothing. There's... If people listen to the Great Northeast BJJ podcast, they know I was having anxiety about it because <laughs> yeah. I talked about it. Like, yeah, that one gave me anxiety because it has been so cold. Mm -hmm. You know, here's so this was this was my, the big takeaway for me was this, and I don't even know what this means, but I mean, out of a lot of other things, I didn't know the governor was there. Yeah, and did it. Yeah, yeah I didn't realize till after. I didn't know yeah, that. Till I didn't after. realize he was there. Now I would after. I would disagree with that guy probably on. I don't know what percentage it is, but a lot of stuff in his political whatever. Mm -hmm. But I have a newfound respect for that dude because that took a lot of fortitude, man, to do that. Oh, I don't yeah. care what political affiliation you are. Like, I can respect you for jumping in that water right. yesterday. And I feel like, you know, something like that, it's like, it's not physical at all. Mental. It's all spiritual man, and mental strength. For mm -hmm. sure. Like, I was nervous a few days before, but when I got up yesterday, I was like, I knew I was locked in. Right. Yeah, me too. Right. Because once you have that conviction, especially you know, us, we train, like, we train our spirit every day in the gym. Mm -hmm. That's why I think martial arts is very useful, because you're training your fight or flight response, you're building the community, mm -hmm. you hurt each other in a way, but it's also building each other up. You you learn to deal with discomfort, you learn to deal with adversity on a day-by-day on a -day basis. You also can live in the moment for long periods of time because, I mean, I know you, I'm sure it's the same for you guys. When you're on the mat, you know, nothing else exists. Mm -mm. Yeah. Nothing. Well, someone's trying to crush your soul. Yeah. Or choke you unconscious. you got to be if all If you're thinking there. about something else, <laughs> you're getting choked. That's right. Not That's even right. when they're teaching the techniques am I thinking of something else. When they're Never. teaching the techniques, I'm memorizing what they're saying. Like right. word for word, I could probably repeat a move, you know. Absolutely. Even when you've seen, I always tell new, newer students, like, hey, don't, don't worry. Even a technique you've seen, pay attention because you're going to pick up details every time. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, the plunge, it's like, it was awesome. I gl I'm glad I got to see Chucky, get a big hug from him. Yeah. This is the biggest one I've ever seen, I think. His wife said she thinks it's the biggest one they've ever had. There was a lot Maybe. of people there. It was impressive to see them come out. There was a kid. One of those kids was young. Yeah. Like seven, eight years old, maybe. Yeah. You know? And, uh, it's just, it's so refreshing to do it. 
I'm sure I'll end up writing some poetry about it eventually. Yeah. I wrote one a few years ago about one we did, and uh, I'll probably write. I was thinking about ideas today, so I'll probably end up writing something soon. Here, so because it always is, puts that spark in me to, you know, that creative spark. All yeah. these things that we do that are like that um do that to me they make me like want to do more they're like oh man i do it i go to black bills for butterflies or i go to chucky's fight and i leave and i'm like i gotta do more mm -hmm. i gotta do more and it like always now any anytime anything like this like chucky like with all those people there this this quote that uh rich mckeegan from black bells for butterflies says and it's from Charles Mask Lewis, the dude from Tap Out that died. Yep. Um, he's like, I may not be the guy that touches a million lives, mm -hmm. but I might be the guy that touches the guy that touches a million lives. You know what I mean? Right. And I feel like that's happening right now. It's like, yeah. Chucky's starting to like be the guy that's starting to touch. It's getting, he's touching bigger more and more. You know Oh, what yeah. I mean? The more, when I mention it, I'll say, oh, yeah, it's for Chucky's fight. And a lot of people know who he is and they don't mm -hmm. know the specifics of his sp situation, but they've heard of his charity, you know, or they know, or they're like, they're part of his church that he goes to. You know, he's very well connected and he's doing great things. Mm -hmm. It really is. You know, and, and it's, you know, it's funny. He does it for everybody else, but it, you know, it helps him too. Sure. I mean, he's staying sober and he's staying strong. And, you know, without everybody else, he couldn't do it. Right. You know, I was thinking about it. I've done, whatever, seven plunges. I was counting it up because it's been like 12 years, 12 plus years. That's like 4,000 days of right. going in that ocean. <laughs> Four. When the, I always tell people, even when the waves were freezing in Nantucket two years ago or three years ago when we had that horrible cold weather, watching videos of the waves freezing in Nantucket, there's Chucky going in yeah. every day. So for people that listen to this that don't know, Chucky's two of Chucky's sons died, I believe, a year apart. Yep. Um, of heroin overdoses or you know overdoses anyway, and his he put their ashes in the ocean, and I, he has gone in the ocean every single day since then to be closer to his kids. I believe is is the story. Um, and he lives in New Hampshire. And he lives in New Hampshire. We don't live in Florida. Oh man. Pretty amazing. Amazing. He does like he does that every day. Yep. Every day. Sometimes he goes it twice, you know? Yeah. Sometimes he goes in and more people show up and he goes back in. Yeah. Yep. Oh, he went one year I got I showed up late and he went in with me. All right. Wow. Him and Pat went in with me too again. Because I got there like ten minutes late. <laughs> and they were like I was like, Oh, I missed it and they were like, Oh, we'll go with you for sure, you know? Yeah. Because it is, it's about community, you know. Mm -hmm. Huge uh, uh, community thing. Huge. I, I tell everybody you got to do it. You got to do that at least once. That is an that is an empowering. It is empowering experience. It is on a lot of levels. Yeah, we did we did it twice. Or George and I think did it twice. You right, we did April and then we did. Could have made the first one in April. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I missed the last. But we'll yeah, I'm going. I'm going to go in April next yeah. year for sure. Oh yeah, I'm not missing. We'll do it again. I was we'll make it big this year. Like we'll, we'll, we we're gonna put it. the word out right. big. Yeah, I, I think thought so. I'd be able to draw more people in, but I didn't really. <laughs> well, a lot of people talk until it's go right. time. Yeah. Well, that's like when you send me messages about people. I'm like, we'll see if they. Yeah. I have no, and I, you know what? I don't like when people say they're gonna do it and they don't do it. I'm not even mad at them because no. I know. No. Like 
I, I understand. Like, I got anxiety about doing oh, it. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And I've right. done and it. And you're a veteran. Seven times or however right. many times I've done it. That's right. So it's like, I get it. So I just, if you tell me you're doing it, I'm like, sure. You know, we'll see if you show up. We'll see on and, that And day. if you do, great. Awesome. If you don't, I totally understand. <laughs> like, I'm, uh, this is a thing too, right, that I've been thinking about recently. And I don't do New Year's resolutions really, but something I'm going to try to be better about is uh, accepting people just like, you know, for what they are. Yeah, just accepting are. people how they are. Like mm -hmm. if you're, you know, someone who just bails on you all the time, doesn't, you know, as long as you're not trying to hurt me, I, yeah. I need to just accept how, you know, like, hey, that's who you are at this point. You mm -hmm. know, That's a good way to be about like, it. This is not easy. I'm not me. good. I'm not, I'm there not good yet. at accepting people all the time either. I'm not. Because I feel like people should really put more effort out to do the right, right? things. I do too. But I'm also, my philosophy on that is like, I can only control myself That's and it. how things affect me. So I just don't let even people, I know my friends in my life that are jerks or they flake out. And I just accept that that's, I just don't let it affect me. Mm -hmm. But I'm still sad when they're like that. Right. And I wish I could help them not be like that. But I do know, like, it is hard to accept how people are stuff. in those ways. That's why I'm not, I don't like to talk. I don't talk about a lot of stuff. Yeah. I'm a doer. A, I'm going to do it. Be an action figure. I go and I take action. And I don't care what people say, because a lot of people are talkers that don't do much. Oh, yeah. A lot of people want to talk, talk, talk all day about how they're, you know, this is the way to be and this is the path, but then they don't actually live any kind of path that they talk about. So I'm a firm believer that talk is very cheap. Absolutely. I care about action. That's it. You know, don't talk about treating people right. Treat people right. You don't need to talk about it if you're doing it. There's no need to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Bam. Yeah. Be a person of action. That's right. That's been my whole goal recently, the last couple of years is like, I am going to be a person of action. And the other night, we were talking, Jay and I, and he's like, dude, I've never met anybody more like that than you. And I was like, I appreciate that because that's like what I am it's good. aspiring to be. It's true. When there's something, I'm going to go do it. Right. You know, whether people are coming with me or not or whatever, it doesn't matter. Right. If there's a thing I want to go do, I'm doing it. I think especially, you know, being an owner of an academy, it's important. Like, you got to lead by example. That's yeah. the best way to teach. The only way, in my opinion, because you can't make people do anything. And you can, just like when parents tell, the, you know, when you're a kid and your parents tell you something a million times, you go, yeah, 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 whatever, whatever. Right. But then when you get to be an adult and you get into that situation or you're a teenager and you get into whatever situation, you don't actually understand it until you do it. And then you go, oh, geez, maybe they were right. How many times when you were in your 20s did you think, Oh man, mom and dad were right. Oh yeah, oh, I, I remember that now. I remember telling, yeah, I, same thing. Now. I remember telling my parents many things, like, mm -hmm. "Oh man, you guys were so right," but I didn't understand it until I went through it. Oh yeah. I think this is the best. Tom DeBlas, he wrote this on Facebook. You want to be the happiest? Stop caring what uh, what they think it says, but what other people think. That's right. On your uh, Facebook post while you're working out, people will say you're bragging. If you post you're watching TV, people will say you're lazy. If you post your day was tough, people will say you're complaining. If you post how happy you are, people will say it's fake. That's very common. And remember, someone is always reading your status thinking it was directed at them, even if they aren't even, a, aren't even on your mind. How true is that? So true. That's why I, I'm a firm believer. Social media is a poison. Yeah. I think it's terrible. There are a lot of people that use it for good, 
mm-hmm. but right. you know, predominantly it's not used for good. But it's also like, people putting their worth into likes and right. pictures yeah. and whatever. Mm. It's bad. It's hard to. Uh, it's really bad to keep it in con- perspective. Yeah, you know for sure. But there's lo- there's good that can there be is. done with it without because you can reach people. Mm-hmm. A lot of good stories. A lot of good. Yeah. Uh, but it's hard not to buy into the other BS part of it too. You know. That's right. It's hard. But it's also, I mean, I think our society it's pretty much built around you know time wasting right with all that stuff stupid stuff that's meaningless we make heroes out of uh people that have done nothing you know that are just Uh, famous hollywood or whatever you know like i think hollywood is terrible i think movies i feel that you know worshiping people because of what they look like and them acting acting like not who they are is like a i think that's a dark thing it's weird it's so weird weird i don't really watch movies anymore or tv i don't and I really don't understand how people... I can understand if you like to watch things for entertainment. I think it should be in much more moderation than most people do. But people that, you know, they, they revolve their whole lives around media, uh, TV movies show. and TV. Or they just idolize these TV stars that they don't actually know in any real way. Right. You know, it's like they play... They, they act fake on TV and we worship that. And I think that's strange. We worship and people. And I think it's damaging. I love sports, right? Same but thing. We worship, Same thing. We worship people that are good at playing football or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, pay them ridiculous amounts of money. Ridiculous. Buy the things that they're peddling on TV, even though they're not even using it. They don't even like the know? products because, they peddle. They just want the money. Uh, whoever, Tom Brady's, you know, eating cereal, Cocoa Puffs. You know, you're going to start eating Cocoa Puffs or whatever, even though he doesn't even eat strawberries, I guess. Um, it's it's insane. That's Marketing insane. is insane. Oh, yeah. That's where, like, our our wealth culture, greed... I, I mean, everything in our culture is based around greed. The new I have this debate with my father all the time because he's a very conservative guy. And I always say, well, when's enough enough? Right. When do you make enough money? He goes, well, you, you have no right to say that. And I was like, honestly, does anybody need to own two houses, three houses, boats, right. multiple cars? What is that for? What does that actually do for society? Nothing. Uh, the new, I feel like the new, I'm not a religious person either, but the new religion is capitalism and the yes. new God is money. Yes. Because it, it ain't about like how, it, you know, it should be like, I believe it should, you know, you should be like valued on how much good you've done for other people or like, mm-hmm. But instead, we worship people that have made a shit ton of money or whatever it is, and it doesn't even matter how they made that money. Like, Look at Trump. People worship him. Yeah. Because he's a businessman. He's a, he's a, he's a bad person. I mean, I don't love some of his some of his policy. I don't mind because I'm like an independent. I think that some government should be conservative and some should be uh, democratic. You certainly, I need, think it should be a mix. There's got to the be a mix, balance right? of a mix. You need the balance. But, you know, these people, Some a lot of people worship him because they think that he's great because he made all this money. Right. When, in my opinion, he's a racist, which actually goes against everything this country was founded on. Well, he's a he's not a good, I don't believe he's a good person. That's you know right. Because I mean? his whole focus is wealth and power. His whole life has been revolved around that. And the funny thing is, is no matter what, whoever the president is, Whatever side, you know, you you could say, because I can pick apart Democratic. I don't think Absolutely. Hillary Clinton is a good no. human either. I would agree. She's right in the same boat. She's in the same I mean? boat, just yeah. she's giving money to different people. Neither one of them give a know? shit about other people. No. Unless it's helping them. 
The only I mean? way they, they care about other people is if it makes them look right. good to the media, which keeps them in their power seat. Right. So, how did you originally get into poetry, dude? So, I was, uh, I took a, I think I was in seventh grade, and we did like a poetry workshop. And it was like, you, we learned a little bit about poetry, and then we did some writing. And then I remember my teacher coming up to me and saying, you know, I really like your poems. These are really good. And, you know, sometimes when you're a kid, you you get that positive reinforcement and you kind of you kind of go with it. So I started writing and I didn't write a ton before I got into high school. But when I got into high school, you know, you get a lot going on. You get a lot of emotions or hormones. You're changing. You're trying to kind of, that's when I feel you're really starting to figure life out. You know, what do you want to do with your life? Where do you want to go? And I used it as a, a therapy tool for myself. I would write about the feelings I was having or just write to get stuff out, you know? I did a lot of, I've, I've always done a lot of journaling, although I've kind of gotten away from it. I just mostly write a lot of poetry now. But uh, I used it as a tool, and then as I practiced more and more, you know, in high school I was published a couple times in different poetry books, like, uh, you know, all my teachers that if I would submit things, they really liked it, and so it kind of just stuck. And now I really just, I love it. I love to, it gets my feelings out, it gets out some, you know, messages that I want to help push to people I think it's a very cool uh, tool because you know people can read something I write and it means something totally different to them than it means to me they interpret it in a different way because people will say well what do you what do you what does this mean and I was like well what does it mean to you because I, I have things that yeah they definitely mean something to me and I was writing them with a with a purpose in mind or it was about an event in my life uh, but if you take away something totally different that's that's what I like about it it can be your own individual you know and it really I, I like to spark thought and emotion with what I write so it just kind of got it yeah I just kind of got into it at a young age and just stuck with it I've always written I'm you know I had a journal that I wrote in for years that I lost that always upsets me that like I have so many in that thing that I that never were really seen by anybody because I wasn't putting things out until a few years ago like on online or whatever you know hopefully I'll do a book someday just not the time I'm always I've talked about it. I don't talk a lot about it, but I've mentioned it to people and I will make a book. It's just not, it's not in the cards. Things happen in their own time, mm -hmm. you know? But for me, it's a, yeah, it's a therapy tool to process, try and get out that message, help people. I feel like I have a pretty good life path and I try and help people along it, you know? Is there a format to like, like if you're writing, I understand, like if you're going to write a haiku, it's like five, seven, five, right? Like right. five syllables, seven, there, and then five. Yeah. But is there like other, like poetry? Is it just like, is there formats to There's poetry? a lot of different styles, but I really don't go by like styles. I guess for me, I have like, I write nature style poetry. What is that? Just like things about nature. I use nature as uh, the metaphors to convey whatever message I'm trying to convey. Um, sometimes I do like a rap style where when I'm writing and I have a beat in my head and it, the words kind of go to a certain rhythm. Um, and then I have a lot of abstract. Those are like the three styles I kind of revolve between. But everything's different. Sometimes I'll put out a lot of one type and then I'll switch. Um, but I don't have like a, I don't say I'm going to do a haiku or I'm going to do like a five, seven, five type poem where it's like five syllable line, seven syllable, you know, type of thing. I don't do a lot of that. Um, I kind of just write what comes out. But for me, like I put out a piece today. I, I finished it when I went to breakfast, right. but I've been working on that for about a week, maybe two weeks now. 
I'll write a bit and then put it down, come back to it, read it over, change some things, add to it, come back, you know? And then some poems, some things, I have stuff unfinished sitting in my journals. I keep a notebook with me now, a mini notebook in my pocket at all times in case I have things or like I use my phone like a memo. Mm -hmm. But yeah, a lot of times I'll write a little bit and then I'll revisit. Sometimes I'll scrap things completely, but I always usually just leave them because maybe I'll come back to it in five years mm -hmm. and I'll like realize what I was trying to actually say. Mm -hmm. Or I'll write something and it'll sit for weeks and I'll come back to it and I'll actually change within the wording what I was trying to convey. Because yeah. I'll like think of it in a different way or I'll have a different message I'm trying to convene. But a lot of it's just, I just write what comes out. Why don't you read this one today for me? Oh, the one I did today? Yeah. This is called Samurai of Nine. If you are 33, beware. I'm coming for you, and I can smell your fear. If you are loomed, watch out. I know your heart of darkness and what it's about. The powers that be can't hide. You won't diffuse my light. It lives through my eyes. When can we see? What we project is what we will be. Oh, I lost it. <laughs> Screen blank. How can we learn? There's more inside than what's left in that urn. How do we love? Let go of fear from below. <laughs> Sorry, trying to make it. It's okay. Funny. And heaven above. Raise each other up and you will see. When you climb higher, it elevates me. Give your time. Don't value wealth. These are tools how we let go of self. Always remember, we are one from a child with a crayon to a man who owns guns. Then you can see, we reflect one another. There's no in-between. That was freaking good. The rambling soul. Yeah, that was yep. good, Trevor. I like that one. That conveys yeah. a lot of the things I'm working on right now, the messages I'm trying to get across. I kind of started that piece as a, a little bit of an attack on some certain groups. Um, but I changed it as I went through, as you can see, the wording changes and like the tone of it changes. Um, but yeah, I like that piece that came out really, it came out good. I did, I was going to sit on it longer, but then today when I got started writing, it just kind of came together. It's good. It's weird how th I always feel like things just happen in their own time. You know, you can, I never, I'm never in a rush. Mm -hmm. You gotta live in harmony. You gotta find, there's always the right time to do it. You just gotta be calm enough to see when that time is. Yeah. You know, just like jujitsu, right? There's a time to do the move and there's a time to not do it. And it's not going to work. And forcing it ain't going right. to work. And trying to make it happen when it's not supposed to happen isn't going to work. You've got to be calm enough to see the pathway and be confident in yourself enough to see that pathway. Yeah, that's a good, I like that piece. I thought it came out pretty good. Yeah, it was awesome. Cool thing for me is through... <laughs> This is the exact opposite of what I think people would think about um, fighting, jujitsu, and all these martial arts have made me more into poetry and art and these things. Yes. Whereas absolutely. before, I didn't think they could. I didn't understand the connection. Yes. You know. Oh yeah, I understand it now. The art, the art, man. I'm into art now, and I was never into. Uh, I mean, I, maybe I was a little bit, but 
through fighting. Yeah, people think it's just about punching each other. And it's, it's not, not even. It's about finding your complete self. And you start to realize that you can't be a good destroyer unless you know how to create. You need to have all the pieces. You need to be balanced. You need to be complete. You know, every great fighter, martial artist, warrior, general, you know, they were all these things because they were more complete beings. The guys that are just in there to beat each other up, they never really evolve past a certain point because they don't get those other pieces of the puzzle, whether it's fear that holds them back or they just don't understand the point of it all. You know, like they say about Scotsman, you know, the warrior poet, like that's a true thing. Right. And when you get more in tune with yourself through creativity and art, you can be more in tune with others. My original trainer, he used to always say, remember, you can't control your opponent until you can control yourself, <laughs> which is very true. Yeah. You know, if you can't keep yourself in check, you can never expect to defeat somebody else. by Because, I mean, fighting is controlling them or lulling them into whatever technical trap you've set. That kind of thing. But, yeah, it's weird. People, people think fighters are just a bunch of jerks that punch each other. And I'm like, they're the best people ever because they've really they've been through those trials. Yeah. And they've been through that. You have to go through so much growth to get good at something so, so much humility. So much humility. I mean, still, some fighters don't have enough humility, right. but that's something they always work on. But, I mean, it don't matter how good you get. There's always somebody better. At some point, you get And humbled. it can change in the blink of an eye. But some people get in the trap where they avoid being humbled and then they never really grow and they only get so good. Mm -hmm. But those guys that are like, or women that are at the top of the pile, those are the ones that continue to change, continue to grow, continue to seek out value in every training partner. You can learn just as much from a white belt as you can from a black belt if you're not afraid to see what's available mm -hmm. when you train with them you know people who shirk like when you get to a certain point in jujitsu and they kind of like duck the lower level training partners mm -hmm. you know yeah you're not going to work on the same things but you can get plenty of value out of training with them yeah. plenty and you get a good feeling by helping them along in their journey yeah, exactly. and you don't forget that people helped you right yeah. you came in you started and you didn't know anything once too That's it's right. amazing how people quickly people forget that they've been doing it for a year or two and then a new person you know comes in and they don't want to yeah. help they'll be like ah oh, man i'm like hey you were just there you were just you know, there let's not, not that long let's ago. not forget we were all there right who didn't know we didn't know anything you know let's not forget that but it's also, you know, if you look back at the samurai, you know what I mean? What if they were warriors yeah. and then they became painters. Yeah, they, they did calligraphy, and they did you know, poetry, right? all that stuff. Soap making. Soap making. <laughs> they oh, become yeah. soap making. Well, you have transformed, you have made the soap into art. That's right. Oh, Could yeah. be your art right now oh, is the soap. Absolutely. You know, it's art. I and look you, at it. And you're always different. expanding what you do. You're not like, oh, I'm good at these five types. I'm just going to stick with this. Mm -hmm. You're not focusing on the money aspect of it. You're using mm -hmm. it as a tool to improve yourself as mm -hmm. well as meet your other goals of making some money and mm -hmm. having a business and all that, you know? Yeah. And that's a noble thing. I mean, can't trust what the corporations are feeding us nowadays. So <laughs> no knowing that, you know, I always tell people, I'm like, hey, this stuff is great. Yeah, it might be people say, oh, it's expensive. I'm like, yeah, but. You know, it's made by two friends of mine in their house in Dover. Mm -hmm. It's not in some vat in some corporation that's getting laws passed All to right. put chemicals in there that they say are legal even though they're harmful. Yeah. 
It's, that kind of thing. And and I, I have no, I mean, people have supported us like to the hilt and I have no, you know, problems with anybody and I love everybody that has and people that haven't, I love them too. But it's amazing how people will shell out money to support Michael Jordan, you know, or whatever, some mm-hmm. guy they don't know. Yeah. But like to support your buddy up the street who's a, who's, you know, trying to start a clothing company, they're like, oh, they want free shit from that guy. You know, yeah, like, give yeah. me some free clothes. Give, but they'll We're go buddies. out and spend 80 bucks on a T-shirt from Gucci, no yep. problem. Yep. It's a, and, and it's like, you know, it's not, I'm not calling anybody out. It's just a thing that, that oh, the yeah. way the world is, it's very, people would rather like support some person they don't know. You know, than their their own buddy. In fact, a lot of times, and I don't I don't think it's consciously done. People want to cut their friends down, and right. they see them getting out, and they just want to like, oh, you know, it's never gonna work. That's never gonna work. Or or yeah. you know, they'll, they'll even tell, or they'll money. be like, they'll be like, you know, you can do anything you want in life, you know, and you'll be like, well, I want to do this. And they'll be like, nah, that's stupid. You know, you can't do that though. Don't do that. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like human nature or something, you know, for sure. That's another thing I tried. I try, if somebody ever is like, Hey, I'm thinking about like, if you told me, George, I'm thinking about writing a book, you know, I'm going to make a book, a poetry book. I'd be like, fuck yeah, do it. Like do it. And I'll buy the first one. You know? Yeah. That's what I've learned recently. Mm -hmm. That's why I, you know, like I said, I've been listening to less music. I'm trying to, I think people should get off the media, yeah. put the TV remote away. At least cut it down. Cut it down. Less. You can't, you don't have to cut it out of your life because I'm extreme. I'll say it. I'm a super extreme person. Look at the hair and the beard. <laughs> That's how I do it. And so, but you got to get in tune with yourself to really know what you need to be healthy. To really be healthy. Not what society tells you is healthy. Not what mom and dad tell you is healthy. I work with a guy. And he just started working with us. His dad owns the company we work for. And this guy's in his, he's like in his 50s or late 40s. And he does everything his father says. Like a, like a dog. And I said to him, man, you listen to every little thing your dad says? He goes, yeah, why wouldn't I? And I was like, because my dad told me to do my own thing. And even my dad gets mad at me. But I tell him, I ain't doing what you said. He doesn't know what's best for me. You know? Now he tries to give me advice and help me. And he's always genuinely trying to help. Mm-hmm. But my father's not me. He doesn't know what I need to be healthy mm-hmm. and fulfilled. And I feel if you're not hurting other people physically or mentally. And you're living a good life. It's not wrong. What's that like? I feel like your job as a parent or a teacher is to prepare your kid or your student to be able to go out there without you. That's right. You should become obsolete at some point. That's right. I think. Give them the tools to live a healthy life. You can't be like, you got to, and I think that's where a lot of times education lacks in that they just teaching you, if they're just teaching you facts, they should be teaching you how to think for yourself. Critical thinking. Right? And so... Because if you can just recite, you know, facts or if you got to be like, I got to make a decision. I mean, I understand asking people for, you know, help on a decision, but you can't be like, call it, you know, dad, tell me what to do. Tell me what to do now. You right, know what I mean? Like, right. you got to be able to kind of figure this stuff out yourself, hopefully. I mean, get in- input from people. Um, but ho- as a, or a person, if you were a personal trainer, right, shouldn't you be preparing people to be able to do this on their own like you're you're not supposed to be committed to this personal trainer for 
ever. I think if you are, you, the personal trainer didn't do their job. I agree. I think. Yeah. You know, I mean, make them self sufficient. Like make you them, said. Yeah. Like this, you know, this is the system. Right. These are the th- components you need to, to have good fitness and to have a good workout. I'll give you sample workouts and then eventually you can do it on your own. You know, just like martial arts, we learn, you start training, you learn some techniques. Next thing you know, you know, the, if you have a good instructor, anybody with enough confidence, because that's where most people just lack it, they know enough to run a class. Well, what do I do? What do you mean, what do you do? You've taken 100,000 classes. <laughs> right. You just do like we do. Right. If you're not really sure, you model after a class you've taken before that you thought was useful. You know, and it takes practice to be confident and know what to teach or to have a good order to what you're teaching and all the details. Sure, it takes practice, but you should be able to do that. You're not just, you don't, you know, being a robot is like the worst thing you can be. It's just regurgitating what, what people tell you and only doing what you're told. I think that's a bad way to look at life. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people get in that. It's easier that way. If you don't have to look at yourself or make a decision or, you know. Right. That's why people like corporations and government telling them what to do. True. Like, oh, I want, I want, I need to be told what to do. Because yep. if not, then i got to figure it out on my own. That's a lot harder. And they also, people are afraid they won't take the responsibility. Well, what if I make the wrong choice? No. So what? Mm. Everybody You're who's gonna, done, everybody who's done great choice. things has made a lot of mistakes. I always tell people about maintenance. You know, I'm pretty good at fixing things because I've screwed a lot of right. things up in my life. <laughs> and I've learned how to fix them. And I've fixed them wrong and learned how to refix mm-hmm. them or done the wrong thing and learned what the right thing is to do next time. You know, if you're always learning, you're always making mistakes. If you're not making mistakes, you're not doing enough work. Mm-hmm. Is there anything in you know that you you're like what, that you want to do, and you you know that's like your bucket list or whatever? Like, oh man, this is something that you haven't done yet. Like, this is something I really want to do. Mm. Well, I mean, the jujitsu black belt's on there, but I'm on the pass. Mm-hmm. I want to get my black belt in swordsmanship because I was close before. And that's kind of a goal to do that. Those are the only martial arts ranks that I really would honor to have. You know, the other ones I have, I like, but um, I do want to write at least one fantasy novel before I, because that was a big thing when I was a kid. That's all I wanted to do was write fantasy literature. Um, I'm a nerd. I've played Dungeons and Dragons since <laughs> I was eight years old. I still play, not as much as I used to, but I do. I do play. And I have a whole world that I've built over the years that, like 20 years, that's pretty extensive. And I hope to write some novels about that world one day. And all the adventures my me and my good close friends have gamed together forever. So there's been a lot of work put into that, that campaign. So I'd like to do that. I really would like to write at least one book. Um, poetry book. Some places I'd like to see. Grand Canyon. Oh, yeah. I want to go to Japan. I've always wanted to go to Japan, dude, and go to the, the mountains with the monkeys that sit in the hot tubs. <laughs> like, oh, you ever yeah. see the I've natural springs? I've never seen that, but that dude, would be Dude, you got to look it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, number one, because you would fit in with those monkeys right now. <laughs> but, dude, I, I don't know why. I mean, I would love, I've always wanted to go to Japan. I mean, it's the birthplace of all these great Absolutely. things that I'm into, I think. But for whatever reason... They're, you got to look up these monkeys. They're like, they're just, there's these hot springs and it's just a bunch of monkeys chilling out in the nice. hot springs. That sounds awesome. Oh my God. I'm like, man, I someday want to sit in the hot Probably springs with these back. monkeys. <laughs> yeah, Japan would be cool. Korea was awesome. So, you know, I had fun there. 
thought about going to China, but it's not so much on my bucket list. How long were you in Korea? Two weeks. So, this is South Korea. Yeah, we, we flew into Seoul, yeah, and then we stayed in Daegu City for two weeks and trained. Uh, I actually talked to Todd a little more now, my old trainer. So he's going back, he, I think, this year, he said. He's starting to go, and he's been contacting Chief Master Lim overseas. So I may go back one year with him one of these years because it was an awesome experience. Korea was a lot of fun, and, and Daegu was fun, and the training was good. So he's going to start doing Hapkido again in the, early in 2018 in Lee. So I'm going to take a few classes over there to support him and nice. hang out and stuff. Because some of that training I really like and has value, and he taught me a lot. I believe martial arts in life. So that there, that sometimes you know you go when you when you people that if they're listening to this don't understand maybe like the jujitsu, but jujitsu Brazilian jujitsu people bag on traditional martial artists a lot, like because a lot of traditional martial arts have lost their effectiveness. In right. you know, but even so, I am at the point now where I believe we're missing some of the stuff that was important to the traditional martial arts, you know? That stuff, I think, still has a place in, you know, breathing especially. Breathing techniques, like, meditation. Jiu-Jitsu, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, nobody's talking about breathing, really. You know, very little. There, there are a few people, but not many. Very little. And I think that that's something that's so very important um, for fight, real fighting. Absolutely. Or any, actually, I not even just real fighting, almost, life. If you breathe, not that you're doing something wrong, but like... You, you have to breathe, but I've, sometimes, you know, if you're breathing, if you're breathing too heavy, why are you breathing so hard? It's like if you're trying to breathe, right, yeah. or whatever, you can actually be kind of like picked on or whatever. Yeah, for you can breathing. get picked on for anything, but yes, for sure. It's true. It's like it's the opposite. You're supposed to be breathing, but if you try to breathe right, you know, you're kind of focused on for whatever it's just like the thing you read earlier though people are going to pick on you oh yeah what if you if you were breathing they would pick on you if you weren't breathing breathing. they would pick on you (laughs) that you got to just be like you got to let that roll off your back because no matter what you do there's going to be someone finding fault in what you're doing yeah right no matter what social media like we no one's perfect yeah no one's perfect and people are like that a lot of times the haters that's why I don't like review sites. Right. Like if you go and you want to you buy a product or go to a restaurant, like usually the people that are have the negative feedback are usually the loudest. So oh, yeah. it's really hard to, you know, go by any of that. If I ever have to do like look up and buying something and I look at reviews, I don't look at the best ones and I don't look at the worst ones and I read the other ones. Yeah. Because you know, like, you know. The worst, there's going to be a, f- a few of both on the outliers, you know. But right. I like to read the middle ones because I feel like these will be the most, like, maybe the most normal. They're probably the most reasonable people. Right, maybe, you know. Hopefully. I never read the comment section of things, no. though. Never. No. I mean, I do once in a while, and I'm like, oh, my God, why am I reading this? Because you start reading it, and you're just like, holy shit, man. You know, Yeah. it's never good. No. It's never good. Yeah, the naysayers are usually pretty loud. So uh, I'm gonna now. Now in a you know couple of years or whatever, I'm gonna check back in with you and be like, "How's the novel coming, dude?" How's I know the, I haven't started writing. How's the How's the book going? But we're gonna. It's coming. It's not time yet. Right. That's like a. Re- that's probably a retirement thing for me. Like I said, I mean, I played for many years. I started the. We drew. A, we we had a play session where my friend drew a map when we were. I was like 19 years old, so that's 16 years ago. 
and it was one continent and we started playing and filling in cities and towns and now the the world we built seven continents it's like it's insane so this is for a game yeah it's for dungeons and dragons like we pretty much a lot of people there's worlds that the game itself has created that you can play in but we just made our own custom and so I have Dungeons and Dragons is like a board game, right? It's not a board game. It's like you have characters and you role play as your character. We play with little miniatures and like I build 3D stuff like buildings and So you play it online or No, it's all you can play online. There's digital programs where you can build digital maps where people that don't live close to each other can play, but we don't do any of that. I play old school, pen and paper, sit down with your buddies. You got your little miniatures that are your characters and you go through a dungeon or a scenario or whatever and you just play. But the campaign, like most people don't even get to 15th level. That's like high up. The campaign that I have, we're 42. It's super, <laughs> super high, long. I mean, it, it's it's very involved. But it's fun. It's really fun and we played for many years. But yeah, it's like... All the maps that we use is all stuff I've created. I have a history book I've written. It's all custom. Everything's custom. It's like if I showed you the material, it's hours and hours and hours of just creativity, just everything yeah. in there. You know, the names of the rulers, how many kids they have, the city names, lore, all that stuff is just created, you know, by me. I have a language I'm, start, I'm building with it, you know, all kinds of stuff, so... It's cool. It's a really cool creative outlet. And I'm the one, I dungeon master the group, that group. We have some other campaigns that other friends, you know, my other buddies run. But this one that I run, I dungeon master. So I create all the adventures we do and places we go and all that stuff. And I incorporate a lot. It's not just combat. The game is, we, we are very combat heavy. We're not as much role playing heavy. Some groups do extensive role playing where, you know, you're, you're your characters talking a lot between each other, figuring out events and doing diplomatic type things. We do a little bit of that. We're mostly go in, you know, kill monsters, find treasure or save like realms, do things like that. But uh but I incorporate a lot of things, morality, moral choices, you know, like twists and turns. People people have lost characters and started new ones. It's pretty it's pretty interesting. It's a neat game because it kind of never ends. Hmm. And the older you get, it doesn't. It doesn't mean you don't play. You just it changes the way you play. When you're kids, you kind of play one way, and when you get older, the game becomes more mature or realistic. You know, characters of ours have children and things like that, and like it's very it's it's interesting if you've never done it. I think it's one of the greatest games ever created because it's just so free and open. They kind of say, "Here's the skeleton of it. Do what you want," and you can make your own custom rules and change things. And you ever played Magic: The Gathering? I played a little bit of that when I was a kid. I did play Spellfire, which is like a Dungeons and Dragons version of a card game. Yeah, and I played that a lot as a kid. And there was a Star Wars game I used to play too. But I I got out of those card games pretty quick. Did you play Magic? No, but I know a lot of people that still play. I know it. people that still play. Right? Oh yeah, uh, my girlfriend Sonia, she used to play, and really? she played a little bit into her twenties with her friends and stuff. Yeah, there's a whole subculture of jujitsu people. Oh yeah, that play Magic the Gathering. Oh yeah, Magic is a is still big. Yeah, I, I found them, and hey, I'm like, so I'm trying to understand what uh, it's like. I they can relate it to jujitsu too. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that if it's a never ending thing, it's so in depth that it kind of it kind of translates in a way, right? Things that can never stop because mm-hmm. jujitsu will never stop. You'll never learn it all. You'll never be good enough at it all. It's impossible. That's why I love martial arts, because even if you got really good at one thing, you can always change to a new art, learn a new aspect. You know, I was always on the quest to learn, like, every aspect of fighting. Weaponry, you know, 
the meditation part of it, kicking, punching, grappling, throwing, you know, try and incorporate every aspect. So if I was ever in a situation, I could always do what I needed to do. The only thing I don't like, I don't, I don't use guns very often. I have shot before and stuff, but I don't like firearms. I would use them if I had to, but I'm always a firm believer that that's the coward's way out. You know? Certainly changed everything, the development of the gun. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah, Where definitely. you didn't, I mean, I, I guess you do have to have a skill, you know, yeah. to, to, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's a different skill. I mean, you could take a guy who doesn't have any skill and give him a gun and he could shoot the guy with tons of, has been practicing martial arts or whatever right. for years and years. It does seem kind of cheap to me. In a way. Um, Although I have no problem, you know, like I'm pretty ambivalent about guns. I, I feel people, I, I don't think they're bad. I think they're, I don't think society, you know, I think we should have the option to have them. I think people should be a little smarter with them Seriously. on a lot of fronts, yeah. but that's everything. I mean, people are totally numb and they kind of ruin everything at some right. point or another. <laughs> it's the truth. Because most of society is just not too bright. They don't really think in a way. I, the only thing I don't like about firearms is I feel like people that are really into guns are really insecure on a lot of levels. Agreed. I think a lot of people that, especially people that feel the need to carry, that aren't in the police field, I just feel like they're so insecure that they need that thing on their hip. Uh, I know society's dangerous, sure, but do you need a gun all the time? You got to be walking around with a AR-15 or whatever on your back, like you know, right. like that's your goal. Right. It's just a weird, it's a goal that I don't, you know, which I'm sure people don't understand some of my things I'm into, but when people get so fired up, like guns are their thing, right. I'm always like, I've always said like, I don't want to take anybody's guns until I start talking to someone who's really, really, really into them. And then yeah. I'm like, I don't know, maybe we should take yours maybe away, dude. You <laughs> people will be mad I said that, but I mean, I grew up in New Hampshire where people hunt and we shoot guns and stuff. Yeah. I'm not like, like nobody was, you know, I mean, people were dumb with guns, but not that much. Like, you don't see, I mean, I don't know. It's just a, it was never an issue. Well, that's the thing. No, I think that's the big problem is everybody, it's such a taboo in our society that, you know, back in the day, every kid, by the time they were 10, 12 years old, gramps or dad, take them out, yeah. let them shoot the rifle, let them shoot the handgun, right. teach them to say, when you learn to respect it, you know, you learn, you understand it enough that you're not going to mess with it. Right. I don't think that video games glorifying it is doing it or movies glorifying it is doing it. It's the fact that these kids have never held a gun in their hand. I think that we should still have rifle teams at schools and stuff and teach kids about guns so they can respect them enough to not be, because then it's like, a, it's like a kid. How many kids you know that their parents were so strict, their whole right, upbringing, right. strict, strict, strict. You can't do anything. They never touched alcohol before they were supposed to or any of that stuff and i'm not saying you should but people are it's just human nature right. to be curious and to to push the limits and then all of a sudden they, then get, all of a sudden under, they right? get to college and yeah. what happens they let rip it's insane yeah. and they usually have problems they oh, hurt yeah. themselves they hurt others they get sick they get they flunk out of school because they just have never had any exposure and they just don't know how to handle it I think there's, there's, I mean, there's a soul sickness of, of people in general that they have like out there and, and, you know, because the things going on in the society, all the mass shootings and what, like of any, like I can, if you killed someone, even if you were wrong, 
and you were like, George, I just fucking killed someone. And like, it was one person and you were so pissed at him, you killed him. I'd be like, dude, I understand. You know what I mean? If you came and shot a bunch of innocent people, I'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? Right. Like, wh- like why would you do that? Yeah, why would you do that? Like, I, I get it though. Like, I, I can understand if someone pissed you off so much that you went, I'd be like, man, that was not a good idea. Right. But you know, you I, I can, I can understand, you know, right, right. I have no, I have absolutely no ability to understand why someone would go kill innocent people. Like for no reason. For no reason. I, people they don't know or they're not connected to in any way. Right. And I can generally have an understanding of most things, but I don't understand that other than to attribute somehow you have this soul sickness that, uh, that I, that, you know, I don't even get it, but. Um, you know, so cut the, if you're thinking about going and killing a bunch of random people, don't do it. Nope. Don't just, just go start training some jujitsu. <laughs> right, come see me. We'll train you. Come see us. We'll train you up. Yeah. You know, you'll learn that there's a better way out yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. There's fun. always a better Jesus. way. Um, follow your dreams, but don't follow that one. Like, yeah. Go do something good. Go jump in the ocean. That'll, uh, that'll help you out. That'll help you out for sure. Oh yeah. Um, you got any message you want to pass on to the people other than don't go kill a bunch of innocent people? Yeah, I'll say this, right? When you're when you're living life and you're out there, be the change you wish to see in the world. Don't talk about it. Be the change. Live by the example. And be the light that you want to see in other people. Don't do the dark things because, oh, everybody else is doing it or they're going to do it if I don't do it. That's just the coward's way. Be the change, be the light. It's the only way we're going to get through this. It's the only way you're going to get better or you're going to get stronger, you're going to get happier. you got to live on the positive side. There it is, man. That was great. Check out Trevor Stone at, on Facebook at Ramblin' Soul. Ramblin' Soul. Right? Check yeah, it check out. it out. Read some stuff. I hey, love put it. your own stuff up. Whatever. Share your stuff. You know, we all just got to help each other. Nice. Thanks, brother. Thanks, Charlie. I'm glad you came Thank over. you. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> it's always good to see always you, good. <laughs> Always good. Always good. Peace. Bye. See ya.